0: You can uh, buy Krispy Kreme donuts and put windows in the new church building there for uh, uh, Battle Cry Resolutions, that ministry where we were just at, our missions team in South Dakota. That's what this is for. And our missions team uh, replaced the windows in the sanctuary. There's six windows, but all they did was they just basically replaced the panes. And uh, it gets, I asked Cliff in the middle of service this morning because it's his son that's uh, that's planting that church there. It gets it gets down to 40 degrees below zero there. And these, those single-pane windows just aren't going to cut it. It's $850, and I committed, be mad at me if you want to, but I committed us to, uh, to uh, paying for one of those uh, windows uh, this, this week. I told you, you're definitely going to do that if that's what you need us to do. So I committed to doing that. And uh, Shannon, our missions team skipper, uh, Shannon, raise your hand because I've run into several people who don't know who Shannon is. See that, those fingers <coughs> wiggling right there? That's, that's Shannon. Give this to her. And listen, there are $7 and something at Krispy Kreme if you go over there, but you don't have to pay tax here. So, right? So you're actually saving some a little bit. But we get them cheaper than that, but this is a fundraiser. We need to sell 200 dozen, and then we will have that taken care of, and they can start putting those windows in. We've committed to one of those, and he's got some other churches he's asking to commit to one. So help us do that. Get it into her hands today. They'll be ready for you next Sunday. My mouth is already watering, amen, amen. Okay, and listen, and, and, and take, take five or 10 with you, okay, if you can. Think about that, you know, family that you can take them to after the service, okay? Glad to see a lot of you. We've got several that are here that have been sick. We've got Christy back from Ecuador. We need to, I'm sorry, uh, Venezuela. My cousin went to Ecuador the same time you were in Venezuela. She's back from Venezuela, and she said she didn't want to come home. It makes me sad she didn't want to come home and see us, but I, I know God did something amazing there through her and her missions trip. So we're glad to see you back. Let's get to the word and uh, let's have a word of prayer and jump into our Life App series again. Father, I thank you, God, for uh, Lord what I'm seeing you do, Lord, and I just pray, God, you just finish it. Lord, there's some, some people here today, God, that uh, they've taken some initial steps with you for the very first time in their Christian walk. And, and Lord, I pray today would be just another thing, God, another understanding moment for them, something that is... But they can, they can just uh, write down in their spirit that this was a day that something began happening. And, Lord, I pray that that begins this week. Lord, I just pray you, you would stir us, God, to, to, to reach more for you, to keep digging more for you, God, to, to bring more and more of this into our lives and into our spirits. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, oh, amen. Okay, the last week took a little break off. There's just some things uh, really stirring in my spirit from the Life App series, and one of the things we had to deal with last week is, is, is you know, you got to have all these Life Apps, just like the apps on the, you know, the iPhone and our smartphones. If you got a Droid or one of the other smartphones, if you don't have the phone, you can't access those apps, right? I mean, all the apps that are out there. And in the same way, that's why we're dealing with some things last week you got to have the hardware there, too. you got to have the relationship with God or you can't get this. If you don't get this, if you don't get the foundational stuff, you don't get access to all of these things. And so that's what we dealt with a little bit last week. So if you missed that sermon, I really encourage you to get to the podcast and, and listen to that sermon this morning because you need to get that and build this on that. This morning, I want to try to, and we did it in the first service, we did it in the first service, I preached about 35 minutes, and, and I got it done, and we, we did three life apps. I want to try to do that three this morning, and one of them's going to be real quick, so it'll be easy, but, so just, uh, you know, buckle your seatbelt, hang on, and let's, uh, let's get through these three life apps. And the first one, it, it kind of playing a little bit off of uh, the app Skype, how many of you know what Skype is? Anybody? Anybody? You don't know Skype? How many of you know what Skype is, but you don't need it? But, uh, I think as many people raise their hands just then. You don't need Skype. Listen, uh, wait till wait you're you a, grand, a grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you a grandfather. I got a, you know, a little two-year-old and a little six-month-old. Wait till you're a grandfather. A week and a half ago, when we were in South Dakota. Uh, Bradley had already mentioned to me. He said, okay, by Wednesday, you're probably going to want Skype, aren't you? So I get up there. You got my, got my computer. got my laptop. You know, get into the end, uh, you know, that night, you know, and plug it in and everything. Cell service is almost completely non-existent up there. I mean, you know, you just, you just type a text and you just hope you drive through a a place that it'll get out, you know, and maybe you'll get one in, but a cell service is almost impossible. Internet wasn't a whole lot better. I mean, it was there, but it was slow, and everybody in the end, you know, was kind of sharing it, so I mean, it was slow, so there was, there was no Skype ability for me to have Skype. Now, I guess maybe I need to explain to those of you who don't know what Skype is. Skype is that cool, I mean, it's a, it's a free web-based app that you can use on your, you, you can actually use it on your smartphone, or you, you can use it on your, your computer as well, and you can do those video type calls. I mean, you make a phone call and you actually see the person you're talking to. And that's why it's a really cool thing for a granddad to have when he hadn't seen his kids for two or three days, his grandkids for two or three days. And, you know, and I, and I, had, I had the computer, I had the, I had the hardware, I had the app, you know, I had all that ready, you know, and, and they had it here. There was one problem. There was one thing I really didn't have. I did not have good connectivity. I didn't have a good connection. I had some, but it didn't have enough. And I thought, what an awesome example for this morning, and, and really for the whole Life App series, because you can have all that stuff, you can try to pull everything together, but if you don't have the connection with God, these things aren't going to work in your life. They're not going to happen. You've got to have the connection, so go for the connection. And this morning, the first app I want to talk to you about, Life App, is Tongues. That there, that there is actually a supernatural gift of tongues that, that God has used from time to time. Okay, now I've got to talk about this just a little bit and set some of this up. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've argued with myself a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit with God on this, is because I wanted to leave this alone because, you know what, I'm kind of sick of a lot of the stuff that I heard growing up. And I know a lot of you have never heard some of that stuff. And I just, but but it's because of that that I keep feeling, okay, I've got, you've got to address this. You're in the middle of this, and this is one, and you've got to, so I've got to address this part too. So let me explain this to you just a little bit, because here's what I know. I know that there's three groups of people in this, in this building right now, right here in this room. There are some of you over here that you know exactly what you believe, exactly what you believe about tongues, and nobody, not even the Apostle Paul, if he was preaching this morning, could he convince you of anything different than what you believe? Boom, right here. And then there's another group on the very other end of the spectrum and you know exactly what you believe about tongues and it's totally different from what that other group believes. And, and I am not in any way going to ever be able to change either of those two minds. So you know what? I'm going to deal with the people in the middle. You know, So for those of you over here and those of you over there and you know everything you need to know and you've got it all figured out, you're going to have to just deal with us in the middle. who we still got some questions about things. I don't have it all figured out. I'm still dealing with some questions about things. In Romans chapter 15, here's what I want to do. I don't want to, I've got all kinds of stories and examples from today that I could tell you. If you want to hear one of them, you're going to have to ask me after church because I'm not going to deal with stories. I'm not going to deal with tradition. I'm not going to deal with any of that. We're only going to deal with the Word of God today. So so in Romans chapter 15, let me set this up right here. And I, wouldn't ha- I don't have to bring this in today, but we're at a good place to bring this in. And i, I got to do just a little pastoral teaching here, okay? Romans 15, now we that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now the word of infirmities there is, uh, the Greek word is asthenimus or something like that. Is that it? Uh, I have to slow down every time I start to say it. And it means... Asthenema, I'm sorry. Asthenema, which literally means a feebleness of conscience. Okay, and so here's what he's saying. He's saying that there are those in, in the feebleness of conscience. It, it doesn't mean they're feeble. It means that they're not, you know, they don't have it all figured out. So you know what he's saying? He said those of us who are strong, but here's what he's saying, in, in this way, in the conscience. He's saying those of us over here, you got it all figured out. And those of you who are over here and you got it all figured out, you're going to have to bear with us in the middle that's still trying to get God to help us understand everything that, about his amazing glory and grace and power and majesty and stuff that he wants to do in our lives. Because we had not got it fi- Now, if you got it figured out you got it figured out, you just going to have to deal with the rest of us because we're still, we're still learning from God, okay? That's what he's saying. And so, those, so whenever you get to a place, and not just hear about this one subject, but whenever you get to a place that you've got it all figured out, you understand that God calls you to just back up a minute and let everybody else have some time, okay? Even though you've got it figured out, you don't need to hear anything from God, you just, you just step back a little bit, and we're going to have to give some time to those who are dealing with it. And honestly, i tell you, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still learning a lot from God. I ain't got it figured out yet. Okay, now here's, here, let me talk to the group in the middle again. I've got just a couple things i got to say before we really jump into this tongues thing. Is First of all, you may say, I don't really know what I believe. Good! I wish more, more of us were in this middle area and God were still speaking to us on a daily basis and guiding us and telling us more about our Christianity and our relationship with Him. I'm glad you don't have it all figured out. And if you don't have it all figured out, let me just, here, here's my advice to you. Just, just don't worry about this subject so much and just keep digging for God. Now, I didn't say forget about this, but I said don't worry about it. Don't chase after this. Don't let this be the thing that is so important in your mind. Just keep digging after God because if you're digging after God, you're and going to find what, out what is important. And you're going to find out what it is that he wants to do in your own heart and in your own life. And secondly, i got two questions for you. The first one is, can God do anything he wants to in this entire universe regardless of how you feel about it? Can he? Can God do anything in this universe regardless of how we feel about it? Yes. Here's a second question. Can God do anything he wants to in your life? That's more of, a, that's more of an allowance or permission question. Can God do anything he wants to? Do you allow, are, are you open enough for God to do whatever he wants to in your life? Because that's, that's a good question you need to ask before we jump into this. So let's jump into it. And what is, a, what, what, what is it this thing? saying? Why, why, why did God do this? You know, why did God start, I mean, really, because when God did this thing, I mean, he started up a whole lot of controversy. I mean in my my early days in, in church, I mean there was a lot of controversy. Why did God do this? Well, he said he did it for a sign. Okay, first Corinthians chapter 14, he said he did it for a sign. So let's look at this just a few moments if we can. The sign that he did. First Corinthians there we go. Brethren, do not be children understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written. So now he's going back to the Old Testament. Okay, it's not tradition still. This is still word. In the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. I will speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore okay now that was the quote now he's back in present day just talking Therefore tongues are for a sign not to those who believe but to unbelievers But prophecy is not for unbelievers but for the believers So tongues are for a sign they are for a sign to those who don't believe Now there's some other scripture we got to add with this and see the whole picture And we'll get to that in just a moment But he says tongues are for a sign A sign to unbelievers And what is the purpose of giving unbelievers a sign but it's to draw them to God now, there, there's a lot of discussion about how the, the church acted in the book of Acts Acts chapter 2 because uh, there was a lot of confusion in the streets. You know, people came together, drew a crowd, and, there was a lot, and there's been a lot of discussion on, on how they acted because it was even said, you know, some even said, oh, they're drunk the way they're acting. So a lot of people have talked about that and how that's a sign that drew people. But, you know, that drew people and it drew a crowd, but that's not our goal. Our goal is not to draw a crowd. Our goal is to draw people to Christ. Now, if we can draw a crowd to Christ, <laughs> that's even better. But our goal is not, ju- and some people, that's all they care about. Let's just draw a crowd, and you get a crowd. But if you ain't got anything to feed them, then they're going away hungry. They're going away starved. They're, just, they're probably even more hungry when they leave you than they come. So the goal is not just to draw a crowd. The goal is to feed people. You know, there, there was a saying years ago, and some of you may have heard it, that, you know, if you want to draw people, if you want to, want to make people, get people's attention, then set yourself on fire. And they were talking about spiritually speaking, with spirit. Set yourself on fire and people will come watch you burn. But you know what? I don't want people to come watch us burn anybody... I don't want people to come in and watch us burn. I don't want people to come in and watch us worship. I don't want people to come in and watch us preach. I don't want people to come in and watch us pray. We don't want people to come watch us. We want people to come and get involved in what God is doing in our lives. And if they don't understand what God is doing in our lives, then they can't get involved and they're standing around. You know, when I was a kid, my dad was, and pretty much every male over the age of 16 or 18 or some, some age, what they, were, they were members of our, our hometown volunteer fire department. I mean, you know, we tell stories often about you. You hear, hear that alarm go off, you better get out of the road because they're volunteers. They're not living there, and so they got to hurry up and get to the firehouse. You better get out of the road, you'll get run over. And, you know, what we always do is, is when, when that alarm go off, we'd start looking for smoke, and if the smoke was somewhere close, I remember several times we'd actually go, and we would watch it burn. But you know what? We never got involved. We didn't know how to use the stuff. We weren't involved in that. And that's not, it's not our purpose to draw a crowd. It's our purpose to draw people to Jesus. And you know, that happened through this, but not because of the way they were acting. Here's how it happened through this in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 7, beginning. This is, this is how it happened. It says, they were all amazed. Everybody in the street, they were all amazed and marveled. And they said to one another, look, Are not all these who speak Galileans? So these 120 people that were speaking in tongues, these other tongues, they said, look, they're all Galileans. But we hear them each in our own language. We're hearing them in in our own language in which we were born. And then they kind of go through it, Parthenians and Meses and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. We're hearing them in, uh, from the tongue of, uh, that's in Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, adjoining Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes and also Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues. And he said, here's what we hear. We hear them speaking the wonderful works of God. It wasn't the way they acted that drew them to Christ. That might have drawn a crowd. But it was the word that they heard about the wonderful works of God. It was that word that drew them to God. That's why Paul also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that if there isn't interpretation, then you need to deal with it. He said, he said where there's, uh, Acts chapter 14 again, it says where, there is, uh, where there's tongues there should be an interpretation. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, let him speak to himself and to God. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. Because what draws people to Christ is not just a bunch of noise. and It's not just a tongue, but it's the understanding of the tongue. And so in Acts chapter 2, what we have is we have an understanding of the tongue because men who did not know the tongue... We're speaking it, but people who didn't know the tongue were listening to it, so there was understanding. And then sometimes through the unknown tongue and an interpretation, there is understanding. But he said if there's not the interpretation, then wait a minute. This is just, and he says, he says also in chapter 14, he said if an un- unbeliever comes in the door and people are speaking in tongues and there's no understanding through either one of these two ways, then there's just confusion. And so he says let them keep silent. And we're going to get back to that in just a moment. Let them keep silent, but I want you to see that because we'll get back to that in just a moment. But let me, let me ask you this question. And, and here's the other, here's the other uh, uh, life app. Here's the second one, and we won't spend a lot of time here, but this life app of of Interpretation. That, you know, uh, hey, I can interpret for you about 20 words of Spanish, okay? So if you got a question about 20 different, 20 words of Spanish, come ask me and I can help you, okay? Oh, you know, I need a little bit now. And, and David, now she can speak very fluent Spanish. Two whole sentences she learned in high school, okay? Very fluent Spanish. All right. But that's it, you know? Now, someone, if God for some reason began operating here in, in this spiritual gift of tongues and, and, and they were speaking Spanish, you know, there might be a word or two I could pull out. But there is a spiritual gift that God at times has used and is given. It's one of the life apps we're talking about. It's a spiritual gift. That is, it is a divinely inspired ability to to, to understand that and speak what the interpretation is. And so that's what Paul is saying. If you don't have that and nobody here understands that language, then it's not for the church. Hang on here because we're getting somewhere with that, okay? This this is headed somewhere. Think about Acts chapter 2. What is the other thing that happened in that chapter that drew people to Christ? It was the message that Simon Peter preached. Remember what happened at the end of that message? 3,000 people got saved that day because of the message. Because of an, an intelligible word that was spoken that people can understand. He started talking about this, this thing that was happening, what you were seeing and hearing. Hey, this was spoken about in the prophet Joel. And then he went on, and he, talked about, he talked about David, he talked about Jesus, and he talked about how they had killed him. And he talked, he talked about uh, Jesus Christ rising from the dead, and 3,000 souls were saved that day. It didn't happen because of the way they acted, and it didn't happen because of a tongue that was unintelligible. It happened because they received a message from God. Okay? And that's one of the, that's one of the ways that God wants, uh, that he will use, is he will use it as a message, as a sign. Okay, but then Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, hang on here, we're getting here. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Boy, there's, a, there's about four teaching points I want to stop right there, but I don't have time for that. i got to hold another one. He said, but in, Paul is saying, though, look, I speak in tongues more than any of y'all do. Okay, but then I'll give you some instruction. But in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others than 10,000 words. In a tongue. What he's saying is five intelligible words are better than 10,000 unintelligible words. Because what is anybody going to understand if you're just speaking words they can't understand? And so he says, he says that's what we need to do. There's another place, right after this also, he talks about how that we should, we should earnestly desire or covet the best gifts. And the best gifts are those that, not, you know, that don't just draw people, but that draw people to Christ. And so here's, here's, here's what he says here. If, if we back up a few moments ago, I said, I want you to see that. I want you to get that about keeping silent in church. When he says keep silent in church, he doesn't say you've got to completely close your mouth. But what, did he, what does he say? He says, if you speak in tongues and there is no interpretation, he said, then let him keep silent and just speak it to himself and to God. Because everything we've been talking about up to this point, we've been talking about a public tongue where it is for a sign. Where it draws people to Christ because it is for a sign. And there's this, there's this amazing thing. And some of you, some of you still say, oh, I still don't know why. I don't, don't, then don't worry about it. But let me tell you why you really need this life app. Because there's also a private tongue. There's a private spiritual gift of tongues. And it's the life app that you need even more than anything. Because, of, And there may be some of you that you, your life is just so charmed and wonderful that you don't ever have really, really serious problems. But if you got really, really serious problems, eventually, one of these days, you're going to need this life app. Look with me, if you will, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In verse 27, now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What he's saying is, you eventually get to a place where things are so tough that you don't even know what to. Pray. Anybody ever been to a place like that? That you just you needed God to do something, but it was it was so tough. It was more, so much more than you could fathom. You didn't even know how to pray. Your mind and your, your lips could not even form the words to, 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 to say, God, I need your help. I don't even know how to ask you for your help. God, I don't know what to pray anymore. And it's in those moments that, that these two verses will bring, that's what it's talking about, is bringing this life app into your life. When you've got the hard way, you've got everything right with you and God, and you've got, the, you've got the, you know, the stuff where you've got the connectivity, and you say, God, I just need you. And the Holy Spirit begins speaking through you in groanings which cannot be uttered. Oh, and, and, and yeah, I've got stories to tell you here. I've got examples. I've got traditions I could give you of stuff I could tell you, but we're not going to deal with that today. I'm just going to tell you about this. And this Word says that when you get to that place, the Holy Spirit will just speak in groanings which cannot be uttered. And you know, isn't it a wonderful thing? A wonderful thing. And listen, we raised our hands just a little while ago. Said, I want somebody to pray for me. Isn't it wonderful to be able to ask somebody else to pray for you? Isn't it wonderful to know somebody's praying for you? Well, guess what this is? Because most of us say, I've heard people say, I don't want any of impra- them I want the pastor praying for me. Well, not to put us pastors down, but there's one better than us to pray for you. And that's what it's talking about right here. God praying for your need. And isn't that amazing? When when a part of the Trinity head of God, this thing we don't understand, says, Father, for Rick, let me tell you what he needs. Because the Spirit understands what the will of God is. And you know what? What He's talking about there is something a lot deeper than you and I think. Because when we think about the, the will of God, we're thinking about God making us do something. But He, he understands what God has been trying to do in your life and all the, all the pieces of the puzzle He's been trying to put together. And He's almost got it together, but you've got this one big problem. And the Spirit, He knows what God is trying to do. He sees the whole picture and He can come in and He can pray the right prayer and He can say, okay, God, now finish this thing that you started in Rick a long time ago and make all the puzzle pieces fit and make the picture look beautiful and pull it all and God is praying for you what an awesome thing you need that there's gonna beco- there's gonna come a time in your life you are gonna need God to pray for you and when that, that time comes don't chase after this dig after God and let him take let him take control of the situation when he's ready to and let him pray for you and I want to take you to this third life app because it is, re- it is really, it just follows this so well right here. I mean, it just fits with this so well. And it's the discerning of spirits. I know we're using a bar. I don't even have time to talk to you about the barcode scanner and how we're playing off that. I don't even have time to talk to you about that. But this is the thing that God, I've just had so strongly on my heart for you this week, is I've got to finish with this. Is the discerning of spirits. Because sometimes, sometimes... There have been weird things happen in church that I didn't understand. Ever happened to you? Yeah? There have been things I didn't understand. So God, God you, you, you got to show me this. When God does that, there's a spiritual gift of discernment that he uses, that, and he helps you understand that's wrong. This is right. This ain't exactly right, but it's okay. Leave it alone. God gives you that. You know what discern means? Discern means to, to see something that is not very clear or obvious to see something that is not very clear or obvious what maybe is fuzzy or hazy or it's other people are having a hard time grasping and understanding but then you see it oh you discern it and there's a lot of things that happen in our Christian life a lot of times that that aren't really clear such as in first Corinthians where where Paul and I don't have the time to to tell you this whole story but Paul was talking about some of the things that we should and shouldn't deal with. He said, you know, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought into the power of any. All things are lawful for me, but they're not, The King James uses the word expedient. They're not best for me. There are a lot of things out there that are okay, but they're not the things that are the best for me. You know, it's kind of like your diet. There's a whole lot of stuff out there that won't kill you, at least today. <laughs> but over time you know it's not real expedient to eat some of the stuff we eat man i remember when i was a kid i remember i loved to get into the stick of butter i i could eat a stick of butter by myself i i don't y'all love the taste of butter <laughs> on a piece of bread it's wonderful but man the bread's just an excuse for butter <laughs> When I was a kid, I don't know know how many times I got into it. You know, I I wasn't real smart. I think my mom caught me every time I did. You know, later, you know, she could tell. It's pretty easy the way she got butter off the stick, and and the way I got butter off the stick probably had my teeth marks in it. I don't know. You know what? It didn't kill me, but wasn't good for me. That's what we're talking about here. And how do I know those things that are bad for me? Those things that are good for me? And those things that they're not necessarily. Bad or evil, but they're not really good for me either, and I need to leave them alone. Spiritual gift of discernment. How do I know those friends? Do we have time here? Okay, let me just pause. Think about them. Those friends that are good, those friends that are bad, those friends that maybe they're not good or bad, but they're just not the best. And they're not going to be expedient in the long run for me. How do I know about those decisions? How do I know those kinds of things? How do I, Well, let me not deal with, traditions and stories and illustrations for my day let me let's deal with scripture you know like stuff going on around today I, I mean there's a whole lot there's an inclusiveness in a lot of people's theology today about how you get to heaven and how people get right with god and you know well they're pretty good people. you know it's not new it's kind of been around all my life i've heard that kind of thing they're good people i think they're going to end up in heaven anyway some way but then there's something in your spirit as a spiritual gift of discernment starts digging at you and but wait a minute, don't you remember that, that, that Scripture that says there is no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ? And it's a spiritual gift of discernment, it's this life after discernment that, that when people are saying these weird things out there that you've never heard in church and you've never thought of that will remind you of scriptures. because, listen to me, the, these life apps, every one of them, I've told you, these don't operate outside of the realm of Scripture. Scripture and them, they work hand in hand. They confirm one another, and Scripture confirms them. And what the spiritual gift of discernment will do is it will remind you of those Scriptures. And like on the political scene, man, there's so many. I, I mentioned in the early service uh, one thing, I was going to mention another one in this service. But you know, I know Christians, and okay, we'll make some of you mad, okay? I. I I really hope not, but it might be. I know some Christians that, that, that when the, and, and this was quite a few years ago, so some of you are way too young to have voted. But I remember Christians that voted, voted for gambling to happen in Birmingham, Alabama, and the track over, over near Trustful. That was, that we, we actually had to vote that that was okay. And I know Christians that voted for it and said, we need the tax money. But what are we doing when we're voting like that? We vote like that, you know. It angers me for Christians to vote their pocketbook instead of their conscience. To say, well, we need the tax money, so let's get it in here, you know, because you know the next state they're doing it, and they're getting all that. But what are we doing when we're doing that? I mean, all you need to do is, is back when all the bingo halls were open, is just drive up and down the seventy eight corridor and see see the the hundreds of families that were addicted to this idea of a, of a way to get rich quick. And blowing the baby's formula money and diaper money on a, on a hope on an option and and and, and you know something just you know I say like, well I can do it and I I can vote for it and we can use the ta-. and then something in your spirit that says but I'm just not really sure about it and the spiritual gift of wisdom will take you to one of those scriptures like in First Corinthians where Paul says. If eating meat offends my brother, I will never eat meat ever again. Now, it doesn't mean just offends you and makes you, you know, upset, hurts your feelings, but offends you in a way that it makes you do things you shouldn't do. And if I know there's a family out there that is addicted to something and I vote for it, say, so yeah, bring that here, and I know they're addicted to that. You say, well, they're happening everywhere. Yeah, but it's not happening in my neighborhood yet, and I've got to take care of my community that God has put me. i got to pray. i got to see. The gift of discernment. God, give us the gift of discernment to know how to vote again. To know what it is that we're supposed to be chasing after as men and women of God, as his children. Give us the gift of discernment. And there's, there's, let me say this one and and try to close this. But you'll have people, if it's never happened to you, just hang on, it'll happen to you. You'll have people come to you and they'll have, let me tell you something I, I believe God wants me to share with you. You ever had that happen and you say, how do I know if it's really God or not really God? And somebody, somebody sometimes will tell you, listen, God spoke this to me and th- this was the most awesome revelation and things will begin happening in my life and I've got to share this with you because this is what's going to happen in your life. Not necessarily because that might have just been something that he told them and has nothing to do with your life. Well, how do I know? <laughs> Guess what? The spiritual gift of discernment will help you know that. And one of the things it will do is it will also take you back to Scripture. And the scripture, and listen, I ran this this week. I studied this and I ran this this week. And the Bible is full of these references of where every word should be confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And so you, you know what will happen when somebody gives you one of those? If you're really asking God, I need direction, Lord. And I don't know this person told me. They believe God told them to tell me something that was directly from you. And how do I know that? Because a lot of times what will happen is you will already know in your heart. When they speak, you say, you know what? I kind of already knew that but I've been ignoring it. I didn't, I didn't latch on to it and grab, but this person will tell you and you say, oh, I already knew that. Or sometimes maybe it's the second time somebody's come to you, people that are unrelated and, and don't know each other and never thought about it, and they come and share because it's in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I'm praying, man, some of you, some of you are dealing with some issues and you're, you're, some of you are a little lost in where you need to be right now. Man, I, I, just, I just had a heaviness come over me and it just, it's just like I'm looking in the faces and God is, God is reminding me of what some of you are dealing with. Things that I've prayed with you about this week. Things that we've searched out and we've asked God for and some of you are absolutely lost and you don't know what to do next. I want God this week to start opening your heart to receive the spiritual gift of discernment so that you're not lost anymore in your thinking. I'm, ta- I'm, not, I'm not talking to, uh, when we talk about the lost and the unsaved, I'm talking to Christians. You're lost and you're thinking about, what do I need to do and where do I need to go? You've got, you've got, you've got decisions to make and, and, you, and, and you're worried about making the right ones. Mm. And it's so hard. Man, it's so hard sometimes. When you get in the middle of a situation, it's so hard to see what the right thing is. You almost need somebody to just pull you completely out of the situation. Say, okay, now let's look at this thing. And that's one of the things God will do with the spiritual gift of discernment. I got one last little scripture, story from scripture I want to share with you. But I want to ask you, would you stand and come to the front? Let's close together and let me share this one last thing with you this morning here at the front thank you just press on in cuz we got a good good crowd this morning and don't have a lot of room right here mm-hmm. come press on in jesus, jesus. Get serious with me right now. Very, very, extremely, very, very, very serious. Now, I can preach another five or ten minutes and get you serious, or you can just get serious with me. Get serious with me about your situation, about your circumstances, about your problems, about your lostness, your confusion, stuff going on that you need, you need some help with this week. Come on, let's get serious for the moment. How many of you, how many of you would say, I need God... To give me some beyond me some s- supernatural discernment over some things this week. slip up your hand right I don't not in not down the road this week. I need that. Look at this. I need that. Let me tell you how powerful this is. I forgot to give this scripture to uh Mike this week, so I guess just got to tell you the story. Paul was ministering in a city. he and Silas together. And they had, there, was this, there was this girl that kept following her, them around and saying, Oh, these are servants of the Most High God. You need to listen to everything they say. She did this for several days. And finally, Paul turned around pointed his finger at her and commanded demons to come out of her. Now, can't you imagine a lot of people that are hanging around with Paul? All of a sudden, this lady's been saying, These are servants of the Most High God. Can't you imagine all these people following around after Paul said, How did he know she had She was talking like a Christian. How did did he know that? By spiritual discernment. The spiritual gift of discernment. To know, I don't have time to tell you. I got a story about, I want to tell you about Daniel from the Old Testament. I got a story I want to tell you about Joseph in the book of Genesis, the Old Testament. I don't have time to tell him. But they had to have the spiritual gift of discernment to know that there was a whole lot more going on than just what you are seeing today. There's spiritual stuff going on because you're a child of God. You're a child of God. The devil wants to destroy you and he wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your finances. He wants to destroy everything that is in your gra- He wants to destroy it all. And he's not sitting around like we do. He is actively engaged in battle against you. He wants to destroy you. And you need spiritual discernment to see where that is. The people around you that he's using. Like a woman that is talking. She's talking Christian stuff. How did Paul know that? The same way God's going to let you know that this week. You raised your hand a moment ago. Close your eyes. Bow your head with me right now. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. But right now, I want to pray over you. I want to ask God to start filling you with this spirit, this spiritual gift. To start letting this life app start happening in your life. You said, I need discernment beyond me. I need some supernatural discernment this week. God, I pray, Lord, right now, Lord, over everyone standing here. God, even those that didn't raise their hand, God, they need some discernment too. Maybe it's not this week. Maybe they don't have a, a heavy need right now, but God, they're going to need it soon. And God, I speak over them right now. God, all of these gifts, all of these life apps. God, let them start happening in their life. I pray, God, when they need when they need an understanding, God, give them the knowledge. God, through that life app, God, when.